All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Build Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Jason Hallman. Hey, listen, SNS Cycles has been around since 1958, and they have led the V-Twin aftermarket from innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsers, and MAs to today's must-have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade and visit sscycle.com and follow SNS Cycles on social media at sscycle. We're also brought to you by the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company. Save 10%, receive free shipping in the lower 48 when you use the sales code GarageBuilt10 on all orders at ArlenNess.com. We're also brought to you by Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee. They're located minutes from the tail of the dragon. Dream Ride specializes in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service, maintenance, and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com and follow at DreamRidesTennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. Hey, this October, the High Seas Rally sets sail from October 29th to November 5th on the High Seas for the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. One week, 3,500 bikers in four Caribbean ports. Follow at High Seas Rally on Instagram and use the code SPEEDMETAL. You'll save 100 bucks on your cabin. And this year, they're throwing in the drink card for free. Electric Lighting features top-shelf LEDs backed by 30 years of cutting-edge industry-leading manufacturing, the best warranty in the market. Use the sales code SPEED2022 for free shipping in the US 48 on all orders over 50 bucks at namscustomcycleproducts.com. And last but not least, 1620 Workwear, premium, made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620usa.com and use the code SPEED2022. You're going to save 20% at checkout. Also, make sure you're following at 1620USA on Instagram. We've got a fantastic show for you today. Mr. Rod Woodruff and Miss Marilyn Stemp from Sturgis Buffalo Chip. It is the world's largest, I don't know what you would call that. It's a campground slash concert venue. It's a big place, and we're going to be hanging out there. We're going to be doing the FXR show and a special podcast on Sunday after the FXR show. So without further ado, I give you Rod Woodruff and Marilyn Stemp. You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I have to, I want to start out by just saying, honestly, that, you know, for a good number of years, a good number of decades, um, you were what I would consider the first lady of motorcycle publications. You and uh, your late husband, um, you guys were American Iron. Actually, we were Ironworks. Ironworks? So a lot of people got us mixed up with American Iron, but that was Buzz Cantor. Okay. Well, I'll cut that out. <laughs> so, so you were... You yeah, were a nice thing for you to say, but it was Iron Works. Okay. Well, yeah. that predates me for as far as, you know, all of the different magazines because uh, they're kind of uh, a bit of a unicorn these days. Well, and honestly, you know, we all started right about the same time. I think American Iron got one issue out before we got ours out in um, March of 89. So, um, and I think even at the time, you know, my understanding with American Iron was that Frank Keisler actually was the first editor, and it was owned by Custom Chrome. And wow, that's a name Frank, I haven't heard in a long time, Frank. Oh, I know. And, you know, he passed away last year, and it was just so sad for, you know, those of us who had kind of been in the publishing trenches for so long. And, you know, you'd all do your own thing when you had your, you know, your magazine, you wanted the the coolest bikes and the biggest exclusives, but we'd all get thrown into the same room so often I mean, you just had to be friends with each other. You know, it was just, you just had to be because we kept seeing each other at all the same events. Well, that's a a good point because I think that's something that's lost on my generation. I think that 
that uh, I've always viewed competition as healthy. And, and I've been in a lot of the same rooms along the arc of my career where, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in a room and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, there's Billy Lane. Or, you know, when I, when I first started, it was that kind of thing in Indian Larry. And then, you know, cause I was on the, the service and build side of things. And then, you know, as you move through your career, you end up in lots of different rooms. If you are trying to kind of, I think navigate the waters and learn as much as you can. Oh, no question about it. And honestly, that was the beauty of it because we all learned from each other. None of us could know everything. And, you know, when it came right down to it, I could probably credit some people that others might consider competitors for, you know, some times in my life that were really difficult and challenging for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that I might have considered competitors like Dave Withrow or Howard Kelly, who put an arm around me and just, you know, forced me into the industry with them. Um, you know, Frank is a good example of that. The first time I went to Daytona after Dennis passed away, Frank was the man I saw across the the parking lot at the Cadillac dealer down in Daytona. Yeah. And, you know, nice somebody and i felt like okay at least i know somebody here you know <laughs> it's kind of like being um <clears throat> it's kind of like being the new kid at school the first day or uh maybe you know maybe that's not as good of an analogy but it's definitely it when you can find comfort in another person uh it definitely breaks down a lot of the internal stereotypes that you build around yourself i mean we all have uh, probably a tendency to kind of focus on things that we don't think we can do very well at, or we don't, we don't know that we can do them well enough for other people to appreciate them. Of course, you know, we all have that kind of human insecurity, right? Am I good enough to, to match the, you know, the standard or meet the standard, you know, and then you get to a point after you've done it so long, you don't even realize that you probably set the standard just because, you know, you were working hard and just trying to do your best. And those are the kind of people I've been lucky enough to kind of know and spend, you know, so many years getting to know by being in the same room with them. You know, we've just all turned up in the same place together. And yeah, it's interesting what you said there about how maybe, you know, newer generations are, are not getting that experience with so much of us living virtually now. It's it, just, you know, lacking. It is. And, you know, and so one of the things that I think the, the the print media had an ability to do was to slow down the process of fellowship. And what I mean by that, it was, is, you know, we're in this instant gratification kind of situation with social media and how fast things move anymore that if, when you sit down and read something, uh, there's something that happens. And I, you know, I remember being told about the theater of the mind by my teachers, you know, were trying to encourage me to read more when I was, when I was a kid. And I didn't learn to appreciate that until I got a little bit older that when, when you sit down and really pay attention to what you're reading, it's almost as good as sitting down and really paying attention to what someone's telling you. If you're listening to understand, not just respond. Oh, it is for sure. And you know, you can just get out of your physical space and into your headspace by reading. You know, if something's truly captivating, it transcends, you know, physical space, I think. I think it really does. And I think that there's a, a lesson to be learned that if we, meaning the, the group of individuals that I'm peer grouped with, that are, um, you know, I would say one generation behind you and Rod and Michael Lichter and these juggernauts of information that have put in decades and decades and decades of work and time and learning and making pretty high quality mistakes so that maybe we could learn from them. If we would just slow down and realize that, you know, I have a lot of the same problems that another podcaster would. I have a lot of the same problems that another promoter would, you know, when I'm trying to do my show in Lakeland, Florida. So there's a lot that could be learned if we learn to listen and learn to govern ourselves in those rooms and create those rooms because those rooms don't happen as much anymore. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. You know, I think about the number of times I just ended up um, talking to somebody because of happenstance or serendipity. Right. And, you know, how that moved forward, you know, taking each of us in directions neither of us imagined might happen. So, you know, this is the beauty of, of being humans on the planet. You know, sometimes we just have opportunity fall in our laps. It you is. You have to be 
pivot we pivot and take advantage right i mean or just jump in and don't be afraid whatever you know description you want to use of of how that experience might be but um you have to get over some some fears and some you know um, insecurities to, to go in and do this <laughs> the insecurity part is probably the hardest part to get somebody to understand that that's what that is that weird feeling that you don't want to call it that it really is an insecurity um you mentioned finding yourself in places that you hadn't imagined i can't imagine that if you sat down and and meditated 30 years ago that you'd go okay in 2022 i'm going to be spending year round in Sturgis at the largest venue arguably in the world and certainly in the biker community. And I mean, there's a lot of moving parts at the Buffalo chip. I can't even imagine all it is a year round job to make that place work for the amount of time that it actually is open for Sturgis. Is it not? Oh, absolutely. There's full-time year-round staff here, you know. Um, it always sort of, it's a chuckle that, you know, occasionally people think Woody just moves a gate back about a week before August 1st, and that's all we do. Just open the gate and people turn up. But, right. no, really a, a full-time year-round job for a whole whole slew of staff that um, put everything they can into making it bigger, better, and just more we're engaging each year, you know, because one of the first things people ask when they get to the chip is what's new. And at the same time, they also want these touchstones, touchstones of the things that they feel, you know, they're looking for so they feel comfortable and like they're back home again because they recognize things. So it's a, that dichotomy that Woody has created, I think, where there's fresh new experience combined with the comforts of coming back home. Exactly. And that, just makes the chip so special, I think. It is, um, and and you know what, the, the, the one thing that I took away from <clears throat> the chip, and I, I have to go back to 2008 when I was working with Baker Drivetrain, and that was the first time I'd ever experienced it. And it was, dare I say, uh, overwhelming. Um, you know, we had the Baker burnout drags there, and that went off, you know, swimmingly. And then the next thing you know, I find myself in the middle of the crowd, all the way up in that tower with a few select other human beings Watch, I couldn't even tell you, I want to say it was someone like Stained or, uh, I mean, it was a big name band. And that's one of the other things that the chip is absolutely known for is having big names there. Oh, for sure. I mean, Woody's done a great job for years, you know, bringing the, all the, the, you know, great entertainment here, the stuff that, you know, we always say that we're a campground and that what you actually buy is a campground pass. And by the way, the concerts are free right. that way, <laughs> you know, it's just such a bonus for all of us, you know, campers and workers alike. It is. I would, and I think it was Last year, yeah, it was last year, we were there for Sunday night for um, the Michael Lichter exhibit, as we are every first Sunday night when we go to Sturgis. And the line to see Kid Rock was, dare I say, out the gate, around the gate, down the street, around the corner. It was <laughs> unbelievable. How many people can watch a concert at one time at the Buffalo Chip? A lot. And, you know, <laughs> we never... So, you know, kind of a joke that Kid Rock concert you're referring to while we while the concert was ongoing, somebody posted a drone view of it and said there were 90,000 people at the Buffalo Chip. And essentially, you know, if there had been, it probably would have been half of all the people that were in the entire Black Hills. Right. I mean, that's just kind of absurd. Sure. So <laughs> nowhere near 90,000 people. But at the same time, we don't necessarily count heads either. So, you know, we have a lot of campers that come in for different periods of time. You know, some come for a couple of weeks, some come for a couple of days, then tons and tons of folks who just come in for a concert on any given night. Yeah, it was they funny. I could tell who those girls were because they were they were dressed they were dressed to impress. <laughs> I'm like, wait <laughs> I don't think they're here to ride motorcycles. I think they're here to see Kid Rock. <laughs> For sure, for sure. And I have to tell you, you mentioned something about that Sunday night on something kind of important. I should make a point of telling you um, the uh, opening of Motorcycles as Art, um, curated by Michael Lichter, this year in 2022 is happening on Saturday. So it's opening a day early, and the industry party in association with that 
is also that same night. So it's an adjustment that um, we're, we're going to have to make people adapt to. Saturday, August 6th is the opening of the exhibit. The media, you know, gathering and tour that Michael does, followed by the industry party. That's uh, that's super important, and I'm glad that because this will this will come out on uh, this podcast will be released on uh, the 20th, which is tomorrow, and so I'll make sure that I post that on all my social media too. Because, I mean, that's that's a not a venue change, but definitely, uh, you know, people who fall into that. The, the routine of, okay, I show up here, I go here, I make sure, you know, the FXR show is always at the Buffalo Chip on Sunday. The hardcore show is always on Monday. You know what I mean? So you get into these, uh, they're not droll, but they're definitely like, we I just sat down today with Cody and wrote down, wrote out our schedule when we're leaving, when we're going, you know, where we're staying and all that stuff. So I'm going to have to make an adjustment to that too, because I just realized that, that I had written down and, and sent it over to Cody that, okay, we have this going on and this. And then of course we figured Sunday night would always be, would always be the motorcycles as art. So it's good to know that we're, we're finding that out here. Definitely. And, uh, you know, part of the reason that happened, everyone wants to know, why are we changing it? You know, we can't change. You know, we're creatures of habit. And right. it's changed because, you know, it, it always was on um, Saturday. We moved it to Sunday because, it, as it turned out, um, Dave Withrow, you know, to bring this conversation back to where you and I started with magazines that aren't around anymore, um, Dave Withrow had an industry party or a media party on Saturday night, so we had our opening on Sunday. Right. But now, you know, things have changed in that world, so we have the opportunity to have the show open a full day earlier. And, you know, for all the builders that bring those bikes this distance and for all the work that Michael and our staff do to get that thing up and ready, we want to have it open another day if we can. Well, yeah, and that, I mean, that that is that's what we're supposed to be there for, right? I mean, the builders, you know, they, we leave our shops and, you know, we're gone for a week, two weeks, some of us a little bit longer, some of us a little bit shorter, but it's, you know, um, this is still largely, I would say at the level, certainly that I do it. And, uh, a lot of my peers do it. This is still family business stuff. So these are working vacations where we get lots of, lots of opportunities to see our friends too, because as you know, and you mentioned earlier that, our friends don't live right by us in this motorcycle industry. We get opportunities to see them when we're in these rooms with them. So it's it's quite important. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, um, in an uncharacteristic way, um, Mr. Woodruff just stealthily um, came into the office and is joining us now on the on the podcast. You know, I told you you'd know it when he came in, that right. the door would slam or something crazy would happen, and he just snuck in very quietly. How you doing, Woody? Hey, Jason, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And I've been here just long enough to think, you know, you get into this business long, or any business probably long enough, you become that that level of maturity where you're so happy to have people around you that can do your job better than you. And I'm listening to, uh, you know, Marilyn fill you in on all this stuff. And I thought, I'm so happy that, once again, somebody's doing it better than I would do it. So that's just uh, rough the conversation. Perfect. Well, so I'll, to that point, that was one of the things that I always teach. Uh, I teach everybody that, you know, that I am engaged with, like your job, part of your job is to find your replacement so that we can build as an organization, as in a company. And so to that point, you have, we were talking about a lot of the, a lot of the staff that people don't know that you don't just open the gate a week beforehand and mow the lawn, that this is a full-time operation. And this is something that you're, you know, you are a, uh, a, a lawyer by vocation, but you are the essentially the world's largest motorcycle event promoter on the planet. Well, thanks. Um, I think that's true. And, uh, you know, we don't, it isn't anything except a bigger responsibility um, is what it comes down to. But yeah, we're, we're down here with a full-time staff year-round, 365 days a year, 24-7 is about how it works, and uh, it's fun. Jason, it just came up on a, a meeting earlier. Um, our new COO, Robert Pandia, was telling someone that, you know, Woody always knows how many days it is till the next rally, and that he usually, you know, starts counting days till the next rally during the current one, right. which is a little concerning for the staff. <laughs> well, you know what the We'd good like thing about that is that's job security that's job security so let's well, talk <laughs> or 
people were uh, not happy with uh, we're planning for the hundredth, and so now we got them down to where we're planning for the eighty-fifth. That's a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's not exactly short-sighted, but it's <laughs> definitely a little closer for the vision. Hey, I think it'll be here before we know it. Yes, it will. I should be able to spout off how many days it is to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come find you during the rally. I'm sure you'll know it by then. Um, when you, I'm sure at some point in time you get in your golf cart or your side by side, and you you drive across the campus, and I'll just call it a campus for for right now. For in, unless you have a better superlative to 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 attribute to that, but do you ever stop and just think to yourself? this is larger than I envisioned, or did you have the vision way back when that, that this was not only possible, that, but that you had the ability and the stick to and the intestinal fortitude to make this actually happen for all of us? The, you know, if you were a school teacher and you were doing multiple choice, you'd have a third one there. Did you not do either one? And that, <laughs> and that was it. I, I never think, think about, well, Never thought it was going to be like this, which is true. And, uh, you know, and really, we're just getting started. I don't know where all it's going to go, but um, we get new ideas pretty regularly, and some of them we think are good enough to actually work on. So um, that's really what keeps life interesting, what keeps this going. We get new people all the time, new challenges in the industry, new challenges in just business as usual new challenges with the economy, all of that sort of stuff. And uh, a couple of years ago, we had a new challenge with a little COVID thing, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just always you've got things that you can figure out and a lot of people to be considerate of. I think that I like to look at, you know, my, you know, my daughter, I, I've talked to you guys about this before that my, uh, my youngest daughter works here with me and her, her goal is to convert our little family owned bike shop into eventually being some sort of a, uh, either a franchise dealership or like a used bike superstore kind of thing. But, um, I don't allow people to come to me with problems unless they've already thought of some sort of a solution. And the other thing is, is we, the more problems you have, the more opportunities you have for growth and for, for problem solving. So I, I think that there's, you have to look at things as a glass half full. Oh, you know, I look at it as the glass is completely full, but it's only, you know, might be half full of water, might be half full of air, but it's full of something, right? Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cups seem to run over. And yes. Also exactly. Um, so uh, your uh, your staff is there year round, and I know that you you do other events besides just Bike Week. Although this is your primary focus, I I do believe. And one of the things that you're very well um, noted for is your patriotism. Uh, can we talk a little bit when you pull into the the Buffalo Chip? First off, it's it's a bit overwhelming, especially the first time, in a good way because you see that giant buffalo, and then you pull in, you know, you're pulling down the road, and you have that outbuilding there that's uh, that's like a, a sundry shop or what. And then if you look to your left, you're going to see an incredible collection of American flags, and and I really want to talk about that for a second, give you an opportunity to explain where that idea came about and and how you implement it and and how it grows. Oh, you know, it's like everything else. It kind of is one day at a time, one idea at a time. And uh, and we started having, I think this is our 32nd annual little uh, um, veterans uh, kind of consideration. Um, and uh, after a while, um, what happened was we started having, uh, well, when we went to Iraq, um, we uh, put up a flag for every American soldier that had been lost, and we had uh, dog tags on there with his or her uh, name, address, rank, that sort of thing that's on the dog tags. And, uh, you know, then the next year we had um, a lot more flags than we had the first year, right? Right. And uh, Unfortunately, so then we right. just, over a long line, we decided that, you know, we had to have a flag for everyone, and and about the third or fourth year, probably the fourth year, um, we just there's just no way to, for us to have the ability to put up that many flags. And so we uh, started. Uh, we, well, you know what? I, as I as I think about it, we had some help to put up some of those flags, and so we had some Marine Corps folks 
come up from Colorado. And one of them was a recruiter, brought along his uh, 12-year-old son, and I just heard him say, you know, I just remember every time every flag you put up represents 10 lives lost. Now, holy cow. Right. And so anyway, we settled on a, something that uh, we could put into like a cemetery formation. We had some, you know, volunteers, some help putting in concrete foundations for each flag and stakes up there. And so then this Friday night at uh, 5.30, we're going to have a, our annual flag raising ceremony. We're going to put up 801 American flags in that field just because it fits perfectly. Put up a state flag for the state of South Dakota and a flag for each of the six uh, you know, branches of the U.S. military. And uh, along about uh, August 1st, we'll set up an 80% replica of the uh, uh, Vietnam Wall in uh, Washington, D.C. And probably tomorrow, um, we're going to test out our our big flag, and one of uh, one of the Iraqi vets that come back um, had a 50 by 80 foot flag, and he'd uh, gone to 49 states and uh, rented a crane to fly that flag, and he only had uh, a short uh, life expectancy. Is what he said. Mm -hmm. True. So anyway. We were the last uh, place where he flew that flag, so he left it with us, and we were supposed to keep flying. So we put up two 120-foot-tall uh, flagpoles, and then we draped it between the flagpoles. And so, man, we've had a bugger of a time <laughs> with uh, keeping that, that big of a flag alive in the wind in this deal. And so we uh, had the one that we hadn't made specially last uh, year uh, from a company in Texas. And I thought, you're talking about inflation. I paid more money to have that flag made than I paid for my first house. <laughs> <laughs> that's packed. You know, right. not a lot more, a little more, but I mean, that's staggering. Yes. You know, that's what my house cost. And so, and it only lasted, uh, you know, a short period of time because of the wind damage. So, they have uh, fixed it, and uh, hopefully it'll work better. And so, as we're speaking, I look out the window. We had some trouble with our flagpoles, and uh, so we have some people with some X-ray technology um, X-raying our flagpoles right now as we speak to see if uh, there's any uh, um, problem with uh, the strength of the flagpoles. And we're probably going to put one of them up tomorrow, remount it, and uh, then we're going to use a crane on the other, and we're going to drape that 50 by 80 foot flag. You can see it for miles, 50 by 80. It's uh, 120 feet up in the air, and uh, it's just gorgeous. And so that kind of sets the whole whole tone. And sure enough, the gentleman, uh, you know, passed away pretty shortly after that. So. We uh, keep that tradition up. So, yeah, there's and lots. It's interesting that we're talking on, you know, here just a couple of days before our our flag raising ceremony. Um, yeah, there's so this next week and a half. I think is going to go very fast for all of us, especially you guys, as you see the uh, the population of the buffalo chips swell over the next three to four weeks and then and then I'm hopefully everybody will kind of go back to their corner and you guys will be able to start getting things ready for for next year's event but one of the things I wanted to, to talk about was that you guys are well known for I mean quite honestly I'm just gonna say it there's a there's a lot of places that people go see lots of music and things like that but nobody has nobody can can hang their hat on the kind of headliners that you have and I'm just looking at the list I know uh Billy had posted that the that Leonard Skinner is coming. There's Quiet Riot. Um, there is Snoop Dogg, which I'm a, I, I'm I like rap, so I'm I'm pretty excited about about that one. Buck Cherry, obviously one of my favorite bands. Um, this is this is awesome that you guys are able to do this. I don't think people realize the kind of in financial investment um, to bring a band of that caliber 
out to what is essentially a lot of people, no offense, consider that part of the country kind of out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, no offense taken. We're kind of happy to be out in the middle of nowhere. The problem is we brought so many people here who really love the place. They started to move in. So um, it, uh, there's a whole lot of development around here lately. And so I say that. You know, the population of the state is still 900,000, and uh, three-fourths of that's on the other side of the Missouri River, which bisects the state about the middle. So, you know, we're still, you know, maybe 250,000, 300,000 people on the western half of the state, and it's, I don't know how many square miles that is, but it's a lot. So a couple dozen extra bikers here in the Black Hills, we don't notice them too much, but we don't want it to get out of hand. Yeah, you don't want it to turn into Florida. Trust me. it's. I feel like everybody's moving to Florida or Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. No, no doubt. Um, so I do. I want to ask because I'm, you know, I went back and I looked at, you know, kind of the the information that I was able to dig up through the website and just from being there and stuff. And and I know that you know it's kind of labeled as at one point in time when it started out. I think it was 1981 that it was basically a keg party out in a field. When did you decide that hey, this is what I want to do? I'm going to buy this land and this is this is how i'm it, did it start out with a few of your friends or was this something like hey we really need somewhere to do this because if not um it might get out of hand downtown oh it was just day by day you know the city of sturgis was trying to figure out ways to prevent anybody on two wheels from coming into town or coming into the area and we just really thought well heck let's just give them some place out of town then where they're welcome to go and this is it and so that's how we started, and it was just, uh, like you said, uh, you know, it was just, just a keg party, just uh, kind of uh, letting people know there's a place to go they could be welcome and have a good time, and it worked. And then, you know, they came back next year and brought a couple friends, <laughs> and uh, we continued to do that for now. This is our 41st annual event. I know, and then so at some point in time you have to go, I need to get some fencing. I need to get a stage. I need to get some some stuff out here. And one of the things that I I, I didn't um, I wasn't able to find a lot of information on this, but I wanted to hear it from you anyways because I know there was at one point in time uh, you looked at being uh, having it anointed its own city, and I want people to know that was not just a publicity stunt. That that you being um, a lawyer by vocation that there's a huge commitment you have to make if you're going to have a municipality. And so what was their big objection to that? Was it really, did it come down to the fact that they were going to lose a lot, a lot of revenue or was it, was there some moving pieces or parts that didn't, that just didn't end up, couldn't convince them? Oh, you know, it was a pretty short period of time at, you know, in years. I mean, everything for a rally is you have to wait one year to, to, uh, you know, it only happens once a year, right? Right. And so it was probably just uh, three years before some folks in uh, that run the city um, got to thinking, well, wait a minute, those guys are out there having fun and we should be making money here. And uh, we're not. And so, you know, it, it's been a contest uh, politically uh, between uh, the governments, the local governments, and the chip ever since. And so becoming my own municipality or our own municipality here was just a, and a further attempt to uh, ensure a bit more freedom than we might have seen or might see with uh, having to continue to be dealing with uh, the local governments uh, otherwise, the, the uh, county and the city of Sturgis. But, you know, and, and we were, uh, an incorporated municipality for a little over five years. Mm -hmm. and, and then I think uh, politics uh, got the better of the legal system there, and uh, they just decided they'd undo our um, official incorporation status. And so now we are what you call a de facto municipality, which doesn't really give us any particular... Uh, well, we'll we'll find out over the years just how much difference that makes. Right. Um, so, you know, it's never over, y'all. You have battles, you know, but the battles don't decide the war. 
No, they don't. And I, I think that's the, the, the best, the best kind of outlook to, to have on it. So, um, we, t- we talked a little bit about you, um, Marilyn, you mentioned that you want to, um, I'm trying to think of the word that you used to describe it, but it was basically that there was people, when people come year after year, cause you have this a lot, you know, most of the same people every year. I mean, you obviously have some new ones, but you know, it's a place where people know that they can see a, a certain thing or they can engage in a certain thing. They know they're going to see good concerts. They know they're going to be safe. They know they're going to, you know what I mean? Um, but when you're building this year after year after year, how do you decide what the next thing is? I mean, you've added, you know, the big engine bar and you have the the shop and now you have the little um, places on the side where there's uh, basically uh, like you can get your tire changed, you can get your bike washed and those types of things. How do you, how do you see it growing over the next couple of years? You know, it's kind of funny because, you know, Woody already referenced this. I mean, I think growth has been fairly organic here, to use the term. Right. Um, Opportunities kind of present. People come up with ideas. And, you know, some of them work and some of them you choose not to to participate in. But um, that kind of organic growth, I think, has just made some serendipitous choices happen Mm -hmm. that – um, just keep it fun and keep it interesting and engaging and also it keeps the variety there. You know, I think what you and I were talking about earlier was that everybody always wants to know what's new when right. they get here. Yeah, but they all feel like they've just come home. So they don't want it too different. They want it a little bit different, but they still want to feel comfortable. And that's the balance that, you know, Woody has made over the years. You know, how far to push it this year and and what what you absolutely have to hold on to. If I could put this into a stunning historical perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the government people called me after maybe the second or third year, and they said, "You've got to have water out there." And the water, <laughs> you know, <laughs> people bring their own own drinks, right? Right. Well, you got water out there, so then we had to dig a well, and uh, you know, and it probably, uh, you know, it was. Uh, Def Leppard, probably, if we had them, or, or Skinner, I can't remember exactly which, but uh, for a time there, they had the same, you know, tour manager. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you got to have a real stage here, right? And so, you know, I said, well, if you come back next year, I'll have a real stage here. And so, you know, it's kind of like that. And then after a while, you know, we needed medics. And so next thing you know, we got a couple of ambulances and a, and a little medical station. And... And then someday somebody said, hey, you need a garage so you can have a mechanic who keep my motorcycle running. Right. You know, when we, start, when we started, everybody knew how to fix their own motorcycle, but <laughs> not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And so, and the other thing I, I, that I, I want to make sure that everybody takes away from this too is that you don't have to pay to go to the Buffalo Chip if you want to go to the, the show like the FXR show on Sunday, the um, the hardcore show on Monday. I know the Evo Entanglement is on. That is on Thursday, is it not? Uh, Wednesday, but Wednesday. you're exactly right. All of, all of those shows that happen at the Crossroads, along with a ton of other fun and entertainment and vending, happens at the Crossroads. That's free access for anybody who wants to come out all rally long. Yeah, and that's the big engine bar. I mean, that's it. Honestly, I like, I kind of like sitting in there, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's a little band playing, you can sit outside, you can sit inside. I feel like you get kind of, you get to, there's lots of vendors there. There's lots of reasons you can spend a whole day there and, and bebop around and not, not get bored for a second. There's good food, the whole deal. You can sit right inside the big engine bar and watch the bikini bike wash. Now, you know, I don't think there's much wrong with that for a, a bike guy, right? Nothing <laughs> wrong with that at all, no. <laughs> Turned the tables once or twice and had the hunts washing bikes for the ladies. So we try to be cognizant of, you know, fair time. Gotta, you got to keep, keep things fair and equitable, Marilyn. You have to. Yep. Um, I, yep, absolutely. I want to talk about some of the events that you guys have going on that are that are that are unique to your uh, to to your venue. And one of the things that uh, that you always do every year, and I'm trying to find the day that it is, is you are doing. Uh, you guys are doing the hero ride, do you not? Or the living legend uh, ride? No, we have three signature rides. It would be the legends ride yep. on Monday. Yep. The 
uh, Biker Bell Women's Ride on Tuesday and the Rusty Wallace Ride on Wednesday. Those are our three signature rides. Okay, so it was the Legends Ride. I was trying to remember the exact verbiage that that was. And how do how do people now? That's that's something where people can pay, and it's a charitable charitable donation, is it not? And then they get to ride with some of the. Yeah, I, I think Billy's on that ride. There's there's several other um, notable uh, motorcycle and, and other and other personality types that are on that. Is it is that not correct? That's correct. Yep. That's and I don't know. Is it our fifteenth year for the Legends ride yet? I know <coughs> it's getting up there, and it always starts in Deadwood, which is fun. And now that Deadwood has that new Outlaw Square as a venue, it's just a great gathering place. The Silverado Franklin Hotel has hosted us. And, you know, once you get all those people together, everybody gets in line. You get to hang out in Deadwood, which is a cool town for a couple of, of hours beforehand. And we have uh, an amazing motorcycle that gets auctioned off this year, built by Corey Ness. Well, Corey and Zach Ness both, right? Yep. Nice. Um, auction will happen right in Deadwood before the ride leaves. We always have a piece of art by David Yule. I think we've had um, artwork from Darren McKaig. We've, uh, we've got a piece from Scott Jacobs this year. Yep. So yes, you're right. We, we do get some uh, moto celebrity names there for sure. Yeah, and it's for a it's for a fantastic cause because that's the one thing that I try to impress upon everybody is that um, we're a very charitable group of human beings. And, and we have all been in a situation where maybe we've been able to help and it feels good to be able to help. And it also f feels good to be able to see somebody get some help when they need it. And that's something that we're, I think our community is very well, you know, very well documented that we're very involved in, in all that type of stuff. Oh, absolutely. No one's more giving than a bunch of bikers, you know, so, absolutely. Uh, question about it. And, you know, there's a group of legends ride charities that, um, Rod could probably, uh, enumerate. I know Special Olympics. Um, you can tell everybody how much um, help has been sent that direction. Oh, you know that's the thing. 100% of the riders' contributions goes to the charities. We don't expense any of that. Uh, the riders' contributions, and so you know, we uh, started off buying a bus for the uh, Special Olympics so they'd have a way to get kids back and forth to the to the various events and then the next thing we did is we uh, got uh, there was an old gym that was unusable out of uh, you know just hadn't been maintained it was old and so we picked that up and uh, remodeled that so that they'd have a place to be practicing and hanging out and uh, working on a softball field for them now you know that's the purpose of the money and at the same time Part of the money from the Legends Ride was going to the uh, Sturgis Motorcycle Museum and Hall of Fame, which uh, we contributed enough so that it would pay for the addition, uh, uh, the enlargement of the Motorcycle Museum. So it's about twice the size it was before. So, you know, the, the folks that have been here and participated have uh, can really take some pride in, in doing that. When we started off, looking for a charity that was the thing we didn't want any money to go to a general fund someplace right. that payroll i wanted everybody to see some actual results physical results of their contribution and they can do that so we feel real good about that and uh you know when you talk about celebrities showing up you know we did a really cool thing we've had two really cool um political celebrities we had john mccain out here in uh, 2008 because every year we give uh, some um, veteran a uh, uh, an award for outstanding service to this country and that year we uh, offered to give John McCain a, a jacket a buffalo chip jacket and wouldn't you know even though he was running for the presidency of the United States he stopped out and he and Cindy and Megan you know joined uh, you know, the Senator Thune, then Governor Rounds, and uh, some, some other folks uh, on our stage, which was really cool, but nothing like last year, because last year, Governor Rounds, and I strike that, is Governor Christy Nome, Nome, our right? present governor, yes. um, rode her horse, Ice, up on the stage, kind of surprised everybody, rode, rode down the street and around through the crowd, saving, waving, and looking like a rodeo queen, and uh, then rode 
ice right up onto the stage and uh, said hello and had her picture taken, hung out, and then joined us on the Legends ride and come back to the chip. And uh, again, met and kibbutz with uh, different people, talked to some, you know, reporters, of course, and, uh, you know, and then came around and appeared on our stage um, that night and uh, helped present uh, the check because she helped raise some money um, through these uh, charitable contributions that we had. And uh, so, yeah, so that was pretty, you know, it's pretty cool. It's not something that just happens everywhere, anytime. So we're looking forward to seeing if something like that could happen again, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking on here. If you go to legendsride.com, uh, there's plenty of information. You can actually reserve uh, your spot on that ride. You've got Kevin Sorbo, the actor, Billy Lane, bike builder, Earl Dotson, Super Bowl championship, uh, uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we have Corey Ness, Zach Ness, uh, Michael Lichter, and of course yourself, Rod Woodruff, um, that are going on this year. But it says that you guys have raised over $1.6 million. And, and that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money when you consider that all of it goes to charity. It's not to go to a, you know, like you said, uh, a general fund for payroll and things like that. It's uh this it's amazing when you when you think about the the, the magnitude of that and, and the 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 work that that money's helped get done. Well, like you said, Jason, you know bikers are generous people, and you know they give so that it can aggregate and become something bigger and better. Yes, I love that word aggregate. That's one of my favorite words. Um, so I'm looking <laughs> here at the this schedule, and if you just pick any day of the week, and I don't want this to sound like a, I don't want this to sound like a commercial, but I am gonna be selfish and pick August eighth because, or excuse me, August seventh uh, because that's the day of the FXR show. I do believe. Uh, yep, FXR Dyna Mixer. Do, 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 do. So here's just some of the th some of the things that are going to happen. So there is the uh, biker games, of course, for the people. That's at the Big Engine Bar at the Crossroads. That does not require uh, a, a, a wristband to participate in that. The FXR show, of course. Um, there is there's going to be live music at the at the Big Engine Bar at the Crossroads. Um, and so I'm trying to find the one thing that I saw on here. We're going to do, um, as you know, we're going to do uh, what I'm calling the panel cast. So we're going to have a panel of industry people and do a podcast there live uh, immediately following the FXR show. But Leonard Skinner is going to play on the Wolfman Jack stage on Sunday. So you have some... Ooh, what's little shameless marketing here for uh, first thing that morning on that Sunday since you picked my favorite day. Yes. The Flying Piston Benefit Builders Breakfast is that morning in the Big Engine Bar, 8.30 to 11, and dovetails right in there with Big Joe's FXR and Dynamixer. Okay, so that's the, I see the, um, I'm going off the straight off, because I, I, I knew you were having the Flying Piston Benefit, but I didn't see it listed as that. I see uh, at 8.30 for on Sunday, um, the 7th, it is, says the Free Pancake Breakfast Sons of Light Ministry at the Crossroads. I don't see that. So the, oh, there it is, Flying Piston Benefit, 9.30. Oh, it's at 9.30, it says on here. So, yes. Come early. The coffee will be ready at 8.30. Right. And so <laughs> you also, you do that every year as well in Daytona. And you guys have a fantastic auction. I love the way you guys run the auction because it's, um, it's kind of fun because it's an app on your phone. So you're kind of doing something there too. And then last year or the year before last, year, you gave away Strider bikes, which I think were so awesome. They were custom painted and the whole deal. Oh, we have them every year. And, you know, this year we have an amazing group of builders. Zach Ness is doing one for us. Um, Arlen Fatlin. Um, I've just got a couple real stealthy names in there. You've just got to come to the breakfast and, and see these incredible creations. We've had just, I have a waiting list of builders who can't wait to, to build one of these little tiny Strider customs. Yeah, and that's such an amazing event because not only are the Striders there, there's there's all kinds of like extra little awesome things that that get to that, that get through and and you can you can vote or uh, excuse me bid on those items to get like uh, uh, Tabor Nash had the um, that knucklehead hammer thing that was um, I bid on that I didn't win it <laughs> I didn't go big enough <laughs> somebody beat me out. <laughs> Well, and this year we've got some really amazing things, um, skateboard decks, um, one-off skateboard decks by um, individual artists. We've got uh, 
a handful of the bell helmet painters whose helmets will hang in the motorcycles as art gallery this year. Nice. Michael spoke. They are donating their helmets to the auction. Um, we've got some leather wrapped flasks, which are just remarkable and hand painted, um, big frig cups. So yeah, lots of kind of cool artsy stuff. You won't see anybody else with these things. They're all one-off things. No. And when you have the biggest venue in town, you have the biggest opportunity to make the biggest impact. So I think that's, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to staying there. I'm excited. I've got my spot. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm selfishly looking forward to being going around and I want to see, I want to see all the concerts and, and hang out at night and sleep in a little bit in the morning, maybe, but there's lots of stuff to do. Go out for a ride. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, we've got those bike shows every day, so everybody can roll into them. Most of them are free to enter in the free access area. So there's no excuse not to show up at a bike show. And I should tell you or remind you, um, that last Friday night is when we do the custom King award. So the best of show from every other daily bike show comes down to compete on the main stage on the final Friday night for the Custom King Award. And we have a one-off remarkable trophy that's built by Big Joe Milky of SnapFab. Yeah, he's an incredibly talented human being. I, he is. I, I watch some of the stuff that he builds and I'm just like, nope, I'm out. I don't have that. You know, I, I feel like there's things I've watched people do in my in the arc of my career where I was like, okay, I think I could do that. I'm kind of watching somebody how to do it. I'm a visual learner, so I'm watching somebody. And then when he built that bike for uh, the JD Harley Davidson, the, the Super Glide, yeah. the I, too, yeah. I knew right then and there that his skill level uh, was on another planet from me. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit back and watch and just enjoy the show because I would never be able, <laughs> I would never be able to, to even make those tools work that way. So, um, I want to talk about the Evo entanglement. So, um, this is one of the newer shows that you guys are doing. This will be the second year of it. I do believe, um, last year was great. Brandon Keen, uh, won last year, a builder out of Traverse city, Michigan with an amazing bike. Uh, I, Iacona cycles was there. There was lots of people. There it was a great show for that day. And, uh, it's sponsored by SNS. Who's one of our podcast sponsors too. Fabulous. And of course, our show hero is Bill Dodge because he has built on that Evo platform forever. Yep. He never abandoned, you know, he was always there. And um, I'll tell you who else has come on board. So in addition to SNS, Baker Drivetrain, and then also Paco from last year has come on board. In fact, the best of show winner, can I just brag for a second? Best of show gets over $15,000 worth of hardware. I mean, it's essentially the heart of their next build. It's yeah. the SNS. 11 engine, that Baker drive chain OD6, Paco frame and tank. I mean, you, you, and Billy Lane parts thrown in just for fun, you know? Yeah. And so there's absolutely, if you win this show, there's absolutely no reason for you not to show up and try to win it again the next year. This is, uh, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a really good show. I'm looking forward to it. So who is doing, so who does like the MC stuff for, for your show? I know that I'm helping John on Monday with the, uh, with the, uh, the hardcore show who is, you have Bill Dodger is your, your anchor for the Evo entanglement, which I think is a great choice. Who's doing, who's doing the, uh, the microphone and stuff. John Montgomery, um, from SNS. I'm sure you've listened yep. to their podcast, SNS oh, yeah. performance times podcast. That's John and David. And you know, David always shrinks back. He's great on podcasts. Cause you don't, you don't have, you know, you don't see him. He doesn't have to look pretty, right. And, right. and get all dressed in his SNS shirt. Right. But, um, Let's John take the lead there. And John loves being on the microphone and he's got this dry sense of humor. Um, did a great job last year, called people like Bill up, uh, Bob K up, you know, just to talk and give us some history and that sort of thing. So we count on John for that. I'm glad that you do that too, that it's not just a, uh, a reason to go and, and sit in the big engine bar while people look at your motorcycles. The engagement piece of that where, you know, and, and I've been there where rods come up on a couple different occasions if we can if we can get him to break away from the what he's you know beelining for and get him to talk a little bit too but it's it there is you get to talk about the motorcycles and about the builders and about the business and that's the kind of stuff that keeps all of us in engaged in the industry you know it's nice to have your work be appreciated but it's even better when you get to to talk about how you arrived at 
the destination that you're at, you know, like, you know, these bikes don't build themselves and every one of them is unique, just like every one of us is unique. And so to have somebody be able to have an opportunity to, to talk about the work that they did, that's something you don't get at every show. You really don't. And to your point, you know, I've, um, we've added one little additional feature this year. I'm calling it the Evo Pro Show. So it's a tiny little show within the Evo, Evo Entanglement. And I've got one of Bill Dodge's customs. I've got a bike from Paul Yaffe, Tabor Nash, and John Montgomery's own bike, his Sportster. We're going to um, showcase those four machines with all of their information as a, kind of an aspirational display. You know, here you are rolling your bike in. You want to, you know, find the right class for it and maybe win some prizes in the show. And then you can turn around and see what four pro builders have done with that same platform and get some ideas. I think this is a really, really clever idea to to add to a list of shows where you actually are kind of you're you're building some criteria, right? So that ups the the level of um, the level of quality and or the level of of difficulty, right? So that the quality goes up exponentially. And you know, it's some. I have to say that there are some people that. You know, they pick one or two pieces of jewelry to put on their bike, and then everything else is kind of sublime where you have these finite things you have to do. If it has to have an Evo in it, well, then that has to be part of what makes it shine too, not the only thing. You know what I mean? You understand that as a builder kind of inherently, you know, but I don't want to scare regular folks away. One of our classes is called the Survivor. So, you know, if an Evo has survived, it can come and enter too and be judged among its peers, not among, you know, the, the beauty queens. Well, that's what, I, yeah, that's what I meant is like, you know, the Evo is, is that is where a lot of this started for a lot of people and it should, and it should be continued to be um, celebrated for that. Like, you know, these shows, um, you, when you said you had the Evo Pro show, there's four bikes right in that that are going to be, these are going to be high level bikes that are built by, by professional motorcycle builders that, that do this for a living. But think of all the awesome bikes that are built in the garage. And this is a show where that's where, that's what's encouraged. We want to see the garage builder show, the garage builders come out to these shows with something that, you know, Heck, anybody, I, I always like to tell people that, that we haven't seen the best bike built uh, built yet, and the best bike builder is probably sitting somewhere in his garage second-guessing himself. That's exactly right, and, you know, I think the pros are smart enough to know that they can learn something from the people who don't do it for a living, you know, that there's no end. Uh, a good idea is a good idea no matter where it comes from. And innovation is, is innovation, you know, regardless of the source. Sometimes you have to um, get down off your pedestal. And I think, you know, most of the people we know, Jason, you know, the folks we know who build, mm -hmm. they're open to new ideas and, you know, they're always looking. I don't think you could have picked a better anchor for this show. And, and I have to tell you why I think that. So first of all, Bill and I go way, way back. Um, he's always encouraged me uh, when I needed some encouragement. He would seek me out and, and, and make sure that I knew that, you know, that that everything was going to be all right. But he I always tell him that one of the things that amazes me about Bill is the level of intestinal fortitude that he has to do some of the things that he does to his bikes that other people are afraid to do. Like he does That's very right. dangerous things for not not dangerous part, but I mean, it's very da he puts himself out there in a way that that would make him very very vulnerable, and and he's very good at it. Yeah, and you know, he's always um, there's always uh, little touches of spirit and connection in his bikes mm -hmm. that he rarely talks about. But you know, occasionally, if if you quiz him on something, you know, why are these pushrod tube covers here and he saves little tidbits from, you know, people who have been important to him in his life and in his, his career. And those little things manifest into, um, you know, bits and pieces of jewelry on his bikes that, you know, you really have to pull teeth to get it out of him because he doesn't do it for showing off. He does it because it's meaningful to him personally. Yeah, he's he is um, what I would say is a, is a self-loathing artist to some degree that he... He, you know, he doesn't let, he won't let you get into your own head when you're with him, but he spends a lot of time in his own head. He, he's a very solitary type of worker. He, he knows what he's, what he's trying to do. And the other thing that I like about him is he's never in a hurry to get something done. 
he's yeah. he's in a hurry to get something done right and so if it takes two years it takes two years if it takes five years it takes five years he's one of these people that he's like a david gilmore to me like i always say that about pink floyd like they've never been in a hurry to get the end of the, get to the end of the song and he's never in a hurry to get to the end of the bike because he sees so far down the road so it, it's <laughs> it's just great that you have him as the anchor for your show because i think he's going to it's going to be he's going to be the person that can make this show like really have, like you said, spirit and soul and meaning in that. Absolutely. We're just delighted that, you know, he's willing to come out and work with us on it. It's important. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that uh, Big Joe is doing the first ever Wango Tango show. So all you gold wing riders, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many there are, but he's he's doing this crazy thing for the first time this year. So we hope uh, some folks are aware of that on the Saturday. And then that's the same day of the Chopper show. Uh, we're working with Classic Easy Rider magazine this year with them and All Fleet. How and, exciting um, is that? Motors. Isn't that exciting? They announced that last year at the Buffalo Chip. They made that known to everybody that that was gonna, you know, officially gonna happen. the 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 new The new team was there, and Dave Nichols was there, and it was really. I thought it was pretty awesome. I mean, to have that, to have that back in 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 any capacity. But you know, it's like putting the old band back together. It's like the Rolling Stones are back out on tour, and they're they're publishing a magazine, and they're doing it. They're doing it in a modern version, but it still has the it has the DNA of of what you're supposed to buy a magazine for for sure and you know just as an enticement i we have a very kind sponsor who stepped up to offer twenty five hundred dollars in cash to the best of show at the chopper show this year and all the other first places walk away with 500 bucks so there's nothing like uh, cold hard cash right right yeah and and <laughs> it, go to go to sturgis with you know put all this money in your bike and and get a little bit of it back so I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think this is going to be, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm more excited that um, we get to go to Sturgis again because it's been a year or this is the first time I'm, I'm getting to stay at the chip. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because I've always had to leave at the end of the night. <laughs> right. We're glad you're going to come and stay because it's a whole different experience and you need to. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it very, very much. I bought, a, I bought a new toy hauler just so that I could stay at the Buffalo Chip. I didn't want to stay at a hotel. I didn't want to rent someone's house. I, I've done that for so many years, and it just feels, I don't know, it feels like you're going to stay in at some cousin that you don't know, and, and they're just not home at the time. You know what I mean? It's just it's a little bananas, so we're excited to be there. Um, so I want to make sure that everybody knows if you go to, uh, let me go back to the, so the buffalochip.com. If you go there, you're going to find all of the events and all of the events have little links. So you can click and find out everything that you need to know about it, whether you need garage services, if you want to look at, you know, uh, just information, general information about the rally, you guys are a very, very much, uh, have a, a ton of that offer information on there and then the concerts i'm going to go back through because i found the list of the the actual just like a, a single list of the bands and i just want to go through that again uh rob zombie's going to be there quiet riot's going to be there um I, judd who's i don't know they're so they're they're kind of local to to south dakota let's see what kind of music do they play it doesn't really say here does it um they're going to be on the Wolfman Jack stage for the first time ever. Big Skillet, Snoop Dogg, uh, Buck Cherry, Leonard Skinner, Bush, uh, Devin Worley Band. Uh, I mentioned Rob Zombie, Lita Ford. How awesome is it that she's still doing this? Foundry. Yeah. Papa Roach, uh, Falling in Reverse. They're awesome. And Hollywood Undead. Uh, the Bad Wolves, uh, Travis Tritt, Aaron Lewis. And John Party, uh, Williams and Ree, Puddle of Mud, Pop Evil, and Zillion. Let's see, Back in Black, ACD Tribute, and uh, Blacklight District, DJ Julio, Camp Comfort, my goodness, Chris True, and Tumbleweed. So that's crazy and you guys already have like a thing here where you can request a band for 2023 <laughs> already thinking ahead are we yeah that's woody for you awesome well so listen i appreciate you spending some time with me this afternoon i'm looking for i am going to be i'm literally going to be in your backyard maryland in like a week and a half 
Thanks for the warning, Jason. <laughs> I'll try not to bug you too much. But so make sure you guys go to the Buffalo Chip. Make sure you check out all the events that are going to be there. I will definitely be at the FXR show on Sunday. And then immediately following the FXR show, we're having the uh, inaugural Garage Built podcast panel cast. We're going to have some of the industry people from the from the FXR show talking about the performance side of things. And uh, that'll that'll come out during that'll come out the, the following Monday morning. So if you're not there live for it, you're going to be able to hear it. And if you didn't get to go to Sturgis, well, too bad. So you're going to have to go next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deal. Well, thank you for giving us this time to talk about all the exciting stuff happening. We're going to look forward to seeing you. All right. It's going to be, it's coming sooner than you know. You take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Ride free and take risks. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> take care. Bye bye.